excited to talk to Dr. Lulu Jang of Boston University Medical um, School. She's a research assistant professor in the Department of Pharmacology and Experimental Therapeutics. Um, and she's going to talk today about stress granules, deciphering the connections to neurodegeneration. And you might wonder why, um, you know, uh, this um, might be pertinent to type 1 diabetes research. But if we look at some of the literature, there is some work um, that describes saturated fatty acids and trapping PDX1 in stress granules and impeding islet beta, beta cell function. That came out in um, Diabetology um, May 2021 from uh, Yu Lu uh, et al. And that group is, you know, uh, in Nanjing, China. But uh, they are, you know, this kind of in, is involved, uh, this whole process is involved in type 2 diabetes, but it does ask whether or not this kind of process in stress granules may also be contributing to problems in the beta cell functionality. So just a little bit about Dr. Jang. She's a, she was a postdoc fellow in the Laboratory of Neurodegeneration mentored by uh, Dr. Benjamin Wallison. Her previous work demonstrated that propagated tau oligomers, but not tau fibrils, induce pathological changes in RNA metabolism and neurodegeneration. And upon that, Dr. Jang developed an optogenetic system for controlling tau aggregation, which brought in a seminal discovery that uh, tau, tau oligomerization drives the accumulation of RNA binding protein HNRNPA2B1 and N6-methyladenosine modified transcripts in the aggregated tau complex. She also um, is the lead on the generation of human 3D uh, IPSCM slash ASTAD based models of AD for the um, exploration of molecular mechanism and drug screening. Her research interests include protein-protein and protein-RNA interactions in AD and related dementia. Uh, secondarily, molecular mechanism of tau prion like propagation and break stages of AD, neuron glia interactions and pathogenesis of AD and PD, and um, as well as IPSC uh, induced 3D brain organoid models of neurodegenerative diseases and precision medicine. And finally, she's very interested in developing novel therapeutics for neurodegenerative diseases. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Jane, for joining us. And we look forward to uh, your talk. Yeah, thank you very much for the introduction, Monica. Um, it's, I mean, it's my good pleasure to have this opportunity to introduce our research and also like to the Sugar Science Foundation. I think it's very helpful to um, and to think about this in a broad view of research and studies. Um, uh, like you introduced, our, our group focused on the um, studies on stress granules to decipher the connections to neurodegeneration and to explore novel therapeutic strategies. So uh, first we introduce what is stress granules. Um, stress granules are dense aggregations in the cytosol composed of proteins and RNAs um, that appear when the cells is under stress. And how do they link to neurodegenerative diseases? As we all, maybe we all have some knowledge about neurodegeneration, it's a group of disease with a common uh, feature of progressive neural loss. Most of the, including Alzheimer's disease, frontotemporal dementia, Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, etc. Um, most of these neurodegenerative diseases are not curable. There's no therapeutic strategies that can reverse the disease or cure the disease. The only medication uh, medications 
available nowadays is to control the um, symptoms, but that is only temporarily. Uh, so it's important to find the fundamental mechanisms related to this disease and to treat them from the beginning and from the early stage. So stress granules is a very important component in the neurons that are degenerating, especially in the uh, neurons uh, with tau pathology or amyloid pathology. Um, the, uh, the, in the neurodegenerative diseases, uh, an important feature of this disease is that they have the misfolding of proteins. They have different proteins involved but the, these proteins are all misfolded. For example, tau protein is in Alzheimer's disease in frontal temporal dementia, and in ELS, that is TDP43, and in Parkinson's disease, that is called adverse nuclein. The different proteins, but they have the common feature of misfolding. And when this protein get misfolded, they will recruit other proteins and RNAs uh, in, the, in the complex that are form a membraneless dense aggregation. So we call it stress granules. So in these stress granules, when it's acute process and temporary, they are reversible. So the, the, the neurons have this process to help themselves to preserve the RNAs and proteins. But once this process become chronic and become irreversible, they will develop into disease. So that is the uh, beginning of the initiation of the disease and also the fundamental questions we think that's important to know and important for the therapeutics in the future. So that's why we focus on the stress granules um, in the lab. So like I uh, introduced in the, uh, the stress granules uh, com composed of proteins and RNAs and also the misfolding um, aggregates. And these RNA binding proteins um, is a group of proteins that is modify or help the translocation or the transportation of RNAs. The RNAs is, um, is modified in the nucleus. And once they are mature, they needed to be transported to the cytosol, to the cell body to be functional. So in the, in the physiological conditions, this is a worry, uh, uh, everything's under, uh, like in the regular process, but in disease, this process is uh, dysregulated. And then this aggregates deposit in the cells and become an irreversible complex that can induce the normal function of neurons. And this is an overview of how the stress granules look like in the physio physiological conditions, the blue side, and also in disease conditions, the pink side. So under normal, uh, in the normal conditions, they form and they aggregate and disaggregate, aggregate and disaggregate, that's kind of dynamic process. But in disease, the dynamic is disrupted. These aggregates accumulate and accumulate. They not go back to the normal conditions. So we hypothesize these persistent stress granules related to the neurodegeneration. The RNA binding proteins in this process um, is uh, multiple. So uh, until now, the related RNA binding proteins we found include TRA1, TDP43, and also G38P1. Those are already found. But because of the complex contains hundreds of proteins and also, uh, also RNAs, 
So we still don't know which is the key component and how to disrupt the process of aggregation. This is the overview of how this complex forms and it becomes irreversible. There's a core protein called tau. It's a microtubule binding protein. And a normal conditions is the cargo to transport proteins and RNAs from nucleus of cytosol and from cytosol to the uh, neuronal axons. But under disease conditions, this protein is stuck in the in soma, in the cell body of the neurons, and it recruits other RNA binding proteins and the RNAs from this complex. So nowadays, um, a lot of studies focus on tau protein, especially Alzheimer's disease. Um, in the AD field, amyloid plaques and neurofibular tau tangles are the two main features of AD. In the past three, 30 years, uh, a few decades ago, everybody thinks amyloid is the key uh, to cure the disease. So a lot of drugs and also a lot of clinical trials focus on how to resolve the amyloid flux, but they all failed. So in the recent 10 years, people started to look at tau because people found that tau aggregation is highly correlated to the cognitive decline. So that maybe is the, uh, the clue to treatment. So, um, but uh, unfortunately, the cellular mechanisms that regulate tau amyloid aggregation and its cytotoxicity is still unknown. We, in our lab, we hypothesized that the core protein tau recruit RNA proteins and also change the RNA metabolism. And um, like I mentioned, most of the neurodegenerative disease um, uh, have the uh, is progressive and incurable, and it's a high economic burden, and also a big hit to the uh, families with patients. And not only Alzheimer's disease, but also other neurodegenerative, neurodegenerative disease, including chronic trauma, esalopathy, PSP, corticobasal degeneration for temporal dementia, and PICS disease. These all have the same feature of tau misfolding. That is the core protein related to these different neurodegenerative diseases. So uh, that tau protein is really important. And it's, uh, we, we tried many years to understand how tau was um, dysregulated and how there was misfolded. In the field, there's a common um, knowledge that tau at the beginning is uh, is, is a microtubule binding protein and located in the axons. It's very uh, enriched in axons, but not in other uh, compartments of the neuron. But under disease, this tau protein is highly phosphorylated. Once they are phosphorylated, they dissociate from the microtubule and they become floating and a free, um, freely moving around. So once they move to the cell body, the soma area of the neuron, the, they will capture other proteins or RNAs and accumulate into an aggregate. At the beginning, they are small aggregates, we call it a tau oligomers. That's uh, a few replicates of the tau proteins. When they become uh, accumulated more and more, they will become large fibrotongos. tongues, we call it a tau fibrils. People think tau because in the postmodern brain tissue, 
of human brain tissue, they always find these tough fibers, these are large tangles. They think this is important. But after um, a few days, a few years of work um, to compare the toxicity of tough fibers, um, uh, they found fibers actually is not that toxic. And also our lab, we, we, uh, we try to understand the dynamics of tau misfolding. And we um, designed the experiment from the beginning to the end in the animal model, trying to understand the monomers of tau, the, how the structure and the interaction of monomers tau, oligomers tau, and fibro tau. So in our study in uh, tau, mouse, tau pathology mouse, we found these kind of interactions with tau pathology, including the RNA metabolism and also mitochondria and also to the synaptic and vesicles, also the cytoskeleton. And this part, the most important part, RNA metabolism caused uh, attention because these proteins, for example, TIA, EIF4, and also HRNPF, EWSR1, this is a group of protein called RNA binding proteins. This is the most important proteins for stress granules formation. So we thought, oh, maybe this is the key to understand how the tau oligomers induce the dysregulation of RNA, the dysregulation of protein translation, and also later to cell death. So to understand that, we focus on the interaction of protein uh, with tau and RNA binding proteins. Um, so here shows how the RNA, RNA binding proteins interact. So the RNA is like uh, dynamics it is needed to translocate it from nucleus and cytosol. And in this process, our binding protein is like a cargo to, to hold the RNA and transport it uh, from different compartments of the cells. And also it stabilizes the RNA and it controls the translation, localization, modification, and the process of all the RNA um, process. And uh, when we compare, the structure of RNA binding proteins to the uh, disease-related tau protein, and we found they have some um, some of similarities. For example, the gliding-rich uh, structure, the motif, and also the repeated domain motif. Uh, and when we look at the postmodern human brain tissue with the neurodegeneration, we found the tau protein localized to these RNA binding proteins. Once the tau aggregate, it will recruit and colocalize uh, with the RNA binding proteins. So um, we thought these RNA binding proteins have this phase, phase, uh, phase, liquid liquid phase separation and incorporate into the tau complex. And then they become uh, aggregated together. Um, this is not only we first look at Alzheimer's disease, but it's a, it's a not a, a unique feature of Alzheimer's disease. Actually, it happens many other neurodegenerative diseases. Um, this one shows the frontal temporal dementia. It is related to TIA RNA protein and TDP43 RNA protein, and also the FUS. So um, we uh, based on these findings in human tissue. We develop a mouse model. The mouse model develops the, the top pathology, and we can follow dynamics because in humans, 
the only tissue we have is the postmodern tissues. That is a very late stage of the disease. But when we have mice model, we can uh, track the different the aging process from early stage to middle stage and later stage of the disease to see the development of the disease and also um, check the dynamics of the protein interactions. So in this mouse model, we sacrificed the mice at a three, six, nine months um, that is correlated to the early, middle, and later stage of the human, uh, human brain and try to find the localizations or interactions of these RNA proteins with the top pathology. Surprisingly, we found that um, the, the uh, tau proteins, when they are small aggregates, the uh, oligomers could localize with RNA proteins. But once they, they become aggregated into fibrils, the large tangles, they dissociated with RNA proteins. That means the oligomers actually is the key, is the, the middle stage, is the most important part that, are to, that led to cell death. These are some markers of RNA proteins, TITDP and G3BP. Um, so based on that advice model, we can summarize that the protein aggregate and uh, induce the translocation of tau proteins from exon into cytosol, and the tau proteins will recruit the RNA proteins from nucleus into cytosol. And when they recruit the RNA proteins, it will uh, trap the proteins and form the complex. This complex will um, be become accumulated more and more, and then they become irreversible and become a deposit in the cells. So that this depos deposit of the aggregates will disrupt the normal function of the neurons, and the neurons will die. Based on that, so what we can do to reverse the disease or stop the disease? And we don't. We now have a lot of a uh, target and how we develop method to demonstrate we can help the disease and we can halt the disease progression. So, um, in this mouse model, we uh, knock out one of the RNA binding proteins called a TIA. TIA is the key pro RNA binding proteins that co-localize the two tau pathology. So genetically, we remove the RNA binding protein. And we, we try to see whether this is helpful for the disease. So um, this curve shows the survival of the mice. Um, the, uh, the, the black part is with pathology. And the red means we knock out one alley of RNA binding proteins. It's really helpful. It extends the lifespan of the mice and also make them um, the disease reduced and the survival can be extended to more than two, half, half the mice can more than 12 months. And if we remove all of the RNA proteins, it even helpful more. So that this study demonstrated our hypothesis that if we remove part of the RNA proteins, it's helpful to halt the protein aggregation and it can rescue the mice from disease. And not only the survival, we also look at other behaviors of the mouse. For example, the Y-mace. The Y-mace is a test for the memory. So we can find that once we remove the tear, the memory comes back. It comes back to the normal, like the world-type mice, the normal mice. And also the normal, uh, normal objective recognition. This is the uh, behavior test for the cognitive um, decline. 
So uh, when we have the disease progression, then the mice will progressively have the memory loss and a cognitive decline. But once we remove the TIA, the RNA protein, the memory become better and the cogn cognition becomes better. This is really um, surprising and really uh, important for the field. And also we look at the pathology, we can clearly see once we remo remove part of the RNA protein, the neurons become uh, uh, becomes more. The, these black dots, that's the neurons. So in the normal conditions, they were condensed. This is this for a region called hippocampus, it is related to memory. And when we have pathology, the neurons uh, get lost, get lost around 50%. But once we have the genetically knockdown of TL, we have the recovery of, of neurons back to almost uh, the normal condition. Um, so this study um, give us uh, uh, give us the insight that we can focus on the RNA proteins for the disease therapeutics development. So, but still, like I said, we don't know which step is most important because for the genetically treatment, we remove the RNA binding protein from the from the beginning. But in human, if we want to treat human, we can't remove that gene once we were born, right? So that is um, not feasible for reality, like how to treat the patient. So um, uh, based on that scenario, um, we, we needed to figure out at which stage, the specific time point to, to make the treatment, um, like treatment on the animals, like the treatment in humans. So um, based on that, we have this hypothesis that is the oligomers, because our studies found oligomers are more toxic. Maybe we can focus on the oligomers. So once the oligomers started to uh, aggregate, we disrupted the oligomers and stopped the disease progression. That is the middle age of the disease. So, so that by that stage, we can uh, we have diagnosis for the disease. So then we can stop it and reverse it. That's the right time point for the intervention in, in reality and for humans. So we uh, have this study to compare the toxicity of oligomers and fibrils. Um, we found that oligomers is induced cell death, but fibrils didn't. So if we focus on the latest data, that is too early, we have no way to recover the disease. So it's important to find the middle age events so um, in this study, we inject the oligomers into the human into the mouse brain, and then monitor the spreading of the aggregation and monitor the progression of the top uh, aggregation. And then we found that the oligomers are toxic. And um, so here shows the uh, diagram how we did the experiment. We put the oligomers into the cortex. So this is the cortex. And then uh, it goes to the hippocampus, it's loaded to the hippocampus. And then we monitor spreading on other brain regions on the, based on the neuronal subcutane, uh, including CA3 and interhinal cortex. Um, and three months after the oligomer injection, we monitor the pathology. And we found um, three months later, oligomers induce a large amount of neuronal life. Uh, neuronal loss about 50% and accumulated of top pathologies. 
labeled by MC1, the red color. Uh, the more red means more pathology. So the S1P induces a lot of pathology um, in these mice. And once we have the TM knocked out, so we also can uh, stop the spreading, stop the propagation of these tau oligomers. So this is another way to, uh, compared to the genetically knocked out, this is another way to demonstrate that we can stop the disease even it already start. We can stop it from the middle. And um, we can see um, once we stop the tau oligomer spreading, we can, uh, uh, we can preserve the neurons and it comes back to, uh, so we can re uh, reverse the 50% loss of the neurons. Um, these are some other markers showing the neuronal loss. So um, now I needed to understand what other proteins we can target on. TIA is one of the proteins, but once we stop TIA, uh, how about the complex? Uh, how about the dynamics of these protein interactions? So um, I designed a optogenetic tool. So this one, um, we can shine blue light to control the aggregation. So then we use immunoprecipitation to pull down the complex to then we, we run the muscles back to find out all the proteins that is changed in early stage, in the middle stage and later stage. So we can control the disease progression in an integrated way, not only on one gene or on one protein, we can, we can control all the proteins, all the pathologies and make the neurons healthier. The, this video shows how the proteins aggregate in, in live cells, like um, the dynamics of protein interactions. And in this method, by this method, um, we found a very important study. We are the first one found this. So the pr tau proteins inter interact with a protein called HRNPA2B1. These proteins are RNA binding protein. Usually located in the nucleus, but in Alzheimer's disease, it highly redistributed. It distributed in cytosol and it co-localized to, to the tau aggregates. And in these tau aggregates, not only HRNPA2B1, we found the RNA is trapped here. The RNA are, uh, are meth methylated by the methyl adenosine. So that is the M6A. So now in the beginning, we found the protein-protein interactions. But on this step, we found not only protein-proteins are interacting, but also the RNAs. The RNAs were trapped. And the RNA modification was changed. RNA modification is related to protein translation, the generation of new proteins, and also the protein degradation. That means um, if once the RNA modification is changed, the entire RNA metabolism is disrupted. All the proteins cannot be uh, translated because we always need new proteins to be synthesized. Now, by this method, uh, in this study, we found, oh, the actually protein synthesis is, is stopped. So can I just stop for, can I just ask you a question? So when you, when you're talking about the uh, TIA1 knockout, right, to stop the spread of tau uh, oligomers and stop the disease and you're, re you're seeing reversal in 50% yeah. loss of the neurons, right? So yeah. what happens when the neurons come sort of back online? Are you saying that this stress granules disappear and uh, messenger RNA can go back to its, uh, you know, original functionality? Are you saying that maybe the cells are senescent and they in some way come back online? I mean, what do you think is yeah. the mechanism 
of yeah, how that's that good, works. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Yes, we look at the pathology. Once we remove TIA, the pathology disappear, not totally disappear, um, in some degree disappear. So yeah. the aggregation become less, neurons yeah. become healthier. And, and we also look at the behavior, the behavior become better. That means we, we slow down the disease, but we can't see, we totally remove the disease progression, but we slow it down. The, the mice survive longer. So um, that is and, really helpful. And yeah. do these, do you think it's a, due to the fact that these stress granules are disappearing, the ones that are currently there or that no new ones are forming? Uh, we think that is no more new ones are forming. Mm -hmm. um, and also we monitor the protein synthesis. We use a pure mycin, it's a like amino acid. So you incorporate into the newly synthesized proteins. And we found the protein synthesis, synthesis comes back. Mm -hmm. because, because once stress, stress granules forms, the protein translation and synthesis is stopped and reduced. Once we, we have the RNA protein knockout, the protein synthesis comes back. So the neurons becomes, have, have more normal function and a better performance. Is there so, a half-life of the stress granule? Yes. Um, the stress granules have different, like I said, have acute stress granules and also chronic stress granules. The acute stress granules usually can, can disappear in three hours. Mm. But the chronic one is persistent. It will never disappear. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to kind of clarify a couple of those things. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And also in this study, we found a key mediator, the HRMPA2B1. TIA is one of the key mediator for tau pathology. And the HRMPA2B1 is a key mediator specifically to oligomers. We, as we, I introduced, oligomers is the key tau species related to cell death and a cytotoxicity mm -hmm. and um, based on that study now we know oh we need to remove the modification of, of RNA we need to uh, reduce the HRMPA to B1 to stop the disease from early stage uh, from when the oligomer forms before neuronal fibrotongos tongues forms we need to stop the disease progression from early stage then we can reverse the disease and become more powerful therapeutics so um, we tried that in mice in, uh, in, in, in my publication in this paper, the molecular cell paper published last year. We tried in um, the top, top of the mouse models, in cell lines, and also in primary neurons. It's really helpful if we remove the HRMPA2B1, it's protective to the neurons pathology and behavior. But as it is similar to TIA, it's partially uh, protective, it's not like completely remove the pathology. And but based on that, we have another strategy is to control the RNA modification because RNA modification actually is the real, real um, mediator to protein synthesis and to the protein degradation. Um, so uh, we also wanted to um, test it on the human cells. So we developed this 3D brain organoid from the AD patient IPSC. So we have the IPSC um, uh, derived from the AD 
um, AD patient and then develop into numerous astrocyte and microglia, the three main cell types in the human brain. And then we develop a strategy to force the assembloid of these three cell types and make them form a, a, a brain-like uh, organoid. Then we test the therapeutic strategies on this brain organoid. And uh, we use the single cell RNA-seq to, to find out the interaction with different, neuron, different cell populations and the um, cell response to the treatment. And um, we found that the RNA metabolism is highly changed in disease condition. And um, when we have the treatment, the um, RNA metabolism can be rescued. And this picture shows how it works. So this M6A, that's one of the RNA modification. It is highly increased in the disease conditions. And the TOMA2 is the top pathology. It also accumulated a neuron 50% loss. And CDLMB is a microglia marker. That is the inflammatory response. We can see the microglia is activated and we detect the neuroinflammatory factors. But when we have the treatment of M6E, when we remove the, RNA, uh, the absence of RNA modification, we rescue the neurons. M6E reduced, um, pathology reduced, and neurons become healthier, and the organoid become more integrated. Um, this is some quantification of the um, pathology and the neural markers. So um, now we summarize our findings. So um, we try to find the fundamental question, the fundamental mechanisms leading to neuronal death, neural generation in, in neural degenerative diseases. And we found stress granules is the key component. It attracts the protein, misfolding proteins, it attracts RNA proteins. And also we found the RNAs is also recruited and it become um, modified. Um, so based on that, that findings, we now have this focus on the central biochemical pathways to treat the disease. We knock down the key RNA binding proteins, we remove excessive RNA modifications, and we can uh, like protect the neurons against pathology and make the behavior better and help neurons healthier. So how is it linked to diabetes? Um, actually, the etiology of most of neurodegenerative degenerative diseases are unclear. Uh, environment interact with the genetics to um, initiate the disease. We know the top pathology, all those um, cellular mechanisms, that's just uh, what we found happened in the cell, but we don't know how what caused these events. So um, other disease, for example, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, diet, those are all risk factors of neurodegeneration. The diabetes, is also highly linked to the um, to the RNA, RNA metabolism. So we, because in our study we have this normal finding, the RNA metabolism is disrupted in neurons. So when we have the RNA metabolism in other cell types in the thalamus or other brain regions, that may control the diabetes happening, and also the different diet and also the risk factor, other um, risk factors to diabetes. Um, and also genetic changes also related to the neurodegeneration because the nervous system controls all these, um, the peripheral systems. So um, I think 
that's important that's important to study the connections between diabetes and neurodegeneration. Actually, in our lab, we always talk about this, like how the vascular structure influence neurons and how the um, metabolism influence the neurodegeneration. So this is a good opportunity to think the disease progression in a more broad view. Um, yeah, no, it's it's very interesting to think about the in, the inter interaction of physiological systems, right? Yeah. Which is exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, yeah, that's all uh, our new findings. Uh, I hope we someday can uh, have some clinical trials with these uh, new drugs we just find we just found, especially this drug already FDA approved for cancer um, disease. So we thought, oh, this is really important. Now we use a different dose. We can treat uh, neurodegeneration. It's safe. So it's kind of more promising compared to other newly uh, found, found uh, medicines. Yeah. Yeah, at last, I would like to thank all our collaborators, our lab members, and uh, the fundings from um, NIH and also from different foundations, Alzheimer's Association, Brady Folks Foundation, and also the Kelly China Fund. These are all great support to our, without this support, we can't finish this research and we can't go more for, for these studies. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, this is a very interesting, you know, it's an interdisciplinary, um, you know, talk. It's not directly focused on type one diabetes, but you know there's been a lot of um, uh, literature, a lot in the literature, you know, basically implicating um, whether or not stress granules may be, you know, stress granular formation attenuates RAC one mediated apoptotic cell death in, uh, induced by marucin. That paper came out in 2020, and as we talked about, the tau ablation in mice led to pancreatic beta cell dysfunction and glucose intolerance. That paper came out in 2018. Um, Desi Ozeric has talked um, about sort of what are the molecular footprints, and also about you know what is what makes beta cells a uh, a you know a uh, vulnerable uh, autoimmune target in type one diabetes, and perhaps these kinds of mechanisms you know might uh, it might be great to have a little more attention focused on them to see you know what is actually happening in context of you know um, the beta cell um, you know tau and 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 other um, and the stress granule situation. Um, and whether or not that plays a role in, may, you know, as they become stressed, um, you know, do they have some of the similar, um, you know, mechanisms that are occurring in neurons and, and could those be addressed in similar ways? So I think that's where, you know, the overlap happens. And I, I think your work is really interesting and exciting. Yeah. Um yeah, that's important. And also we think that one of the uh, key proteins in diabetes is called Prezilin. Um, yes. Yeah, Prezilin is found, found it has been well studied in Alzheimer's disease. It is a key protein in the in the protein aggregation. It's also um, in the neurons with the top pathology. So that's also one of the, that's one of the interactions between diabetes to uh, AD and uh, other dementia. Yeah. And I mean, the beta cell, you know, is a very neuronal style cell, at least operationally. Yeah. So, 
it's it's always important to kind of like see what's happening in these other disease states and see what can be gleaned or learned to to bring into into type one diabetes. Um, I would like to thank you very much. And, you know, I, you went a little over. I appreciate that because because of the questions. But uh, Dr. Jang, thank you again for talking to us. And um, I encourage anyone who is listening to this, who has further questions to reach out to you. And, you know, who knows, maybe it'll spark a collaboration. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day.